our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hi. Hey, Sonia. How are you? I am good. I feel like the world has moved into a space where you're just looking at me like, here we go. <laughs> like, here we bloody go. I don't know where this is about to go, but I'm intrigued. The world is moving into a space where we're looking at a lot of things. The term red flag and green flag have become so common, like, oh, that's a red flag. Oh, that's a green flag. And it's like moved outside of just like dating and relationships. And we're using it to describe like bosses or we're using it to describe like family members or friends or even like you could go and buy a car and it'll make a noise and your friend will be like, that's a red flag. Like you shouldn't buy the car. And so I thought, why stop there? Why not take red flags and green flags into the investment world? And so today I want to talk about the four green flags that a company could be a good investment. That was quite an intro. You know, no one knew where that was heading. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I took you on a little journey. We went through a few bumpy rides. The car kind of tipped a little bit Sonia was like is this going to go into races like where is this heading are we going to have race relation conversations before this episode and I was like no with our eyes we were talking we were talking as I was saying this but was that not a, a good segue that was fabulous I love it you had people on the edge of their seats I love to do that at all times I want to talk about my morning though before we begin because sorry I have such a headache I okay oh made such a mistake I like rushed out the door guys and I messaged Sonia and I was like, sorry, I'm running 10 minutes late. And she was like, oh, it's still like 15 minutes till we start. And she was like, oh, you mean 10 minutes from the 15 minutes that you're going to be like 25 minutes away from where you need to be right now. And I was like, yes. And I rushed out and I took my mug of coffee with me, not even a keep cup, just like the mug of coffee in my car. I was like, this is a health and safety risk. There's like boiling hot coffee. I rushed to work and all I could think of is I don't have children. I'm not like a mother of five with two dogs. I don't have like an incompetent partner or something that's like stopping me from getting to work on time. It is me, myself, and I that I have to take care of. And I'm still running late to work. And I'm just having a moment. I'm like, I'm 26. I grow up. I have a watch on me. I couldn't stop laughing because the actual message was like, just running 10 minutes late due to time management. (laughs) What an excuse. I was like, just lie. (laughs) make me feel better. (laughs) 
No, it was so good. What would have been a good lie that you would have believed? I would have believed anything that you would have said. See, there's Sim that says like due to time management and then there's me thinking that no one will ever believe me ever. So I'm sending like screenshots and evidence like this is what's happening. I'm over explaining myself. So you believe me. (laughs) Oh my God, you do. Guys, when Sonia and I first started working together, I think one day she was sick or she had like a doctor's appointment and she was like, hey, I'm sick. I can't come. And I was like, that's fair enough. And then she sent like, you were one second away from like FaceTime your doctor to me like it was be like can you just provide some proof for my friend but the thing is no one asked no one didn't believe her but she sent like voice notes being like hey like i'm really unwell and i can't can't come in that sounds so fake but i was so sick and i did go see a doctor i would have totally got your doctor's note and it was like three voice notes and i remember where i was i was like at the airport and I was listening in and I was with a friend and I was like, Sonia seems really unwell. And I feel bad because the more you explain yourself, the more it makes me wonder, like, do you think I'm not going to believe you? I will say it's not just you. I'm unlearning to do that with everyone. So you can just say one sentence. Wow. What an intro. Welcome to Girls That Invest. (laughs) Welcome to this week's episode. So we are talking about red flags and green flags and red flags and friendship are maybe another show. (laughs) Uncovering trauma. (laughs) Signs to spot. Now, before we begin, we want to take a moment to thank our season sponsor for powering this week's episode. Are you ready to take control of your financial future and you don't know where to begin? Meet Perla, the Aussie investing platform that makes it easy for anyone to invest in the stock market and build a sensible, diversified portfolio. With Perla, you can start investing with as little as $5. Perla's unique community-driven experience guides you through the process of selecting your investment goals, creating a portfolio tailored to your needs and tracking your progress over time. One of the things that we love most about Perla is their commitment to financial education. Perla commits to empowering investors through tools like template portfolios with access to easier investing and supportive community connections. Perla also offers great insight and data that help pave the way for equitable investing. Their research finds women are investing more of their income than men and more women invest on their platform than men. Perla also walks the walk with open pay transparency to help facilitate open conversations about wage, roles and opportunities within the financial industry. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all the options, Perla's platform is intuitive and easy to use with powerful tools that give you control over your investments. You can track your portfolio's performance, set up automatic investments and even invite friends and family to invest alongside you. Don't wait to start building your financial future. Check out Perla.com today and start investing in your goals. Science that a company could be a good investment is something that has come up a lot in DMs and in the conversations that we've had because a lot of people say, hey, look, I know that I want to buy funds. I know that I want to invest in exchange trade funds. I know I want to buy mutual funds or index funds. But every now and again, I want to buy an individual company or shares of an individual company. Something like, I don't know, company A or company B, but how do I decide which one to go with? What would be the green flags that I look for? And so we thought we would come together and bring just a few ideas of when we look at individual companies, What are four things that we look at that make us go, well, this could be 
a fantastic contender. It doesn't mean we'll buy it straight away. It's not like four out of four, take my money, but it does help us at least weed them out. It's almost like friendships. Just because they're kind, caring, smart, and funny doesn't mean you have to be friends with them, but God, it helps. Why do you make that face? I think we can stop with the analogies. <laughs> Let's speak in plain English. Let's go. <laughs> the first green flag when it comes to companies that I look at is making sure that it generates high return on capital. Now, this is a real jargony term. It's something that if you had asked me this even like 10 or five years ago, even I would have been like, what does that mean? What's a high return on capital? Of course, capital just means money. They like to complicate it. And so what you're looking for is if I put $100 into something, if I put capital into something, I want a high return. I don't want $1 for every $100 I invest in this company. I want like $7 back. You know, I want a 7% return, not a 1% return. And so whether or not a company can create returns for its long-term investors is basically dependent on one metric, and that is the return of capital or the ROC. Again, very jargony, but in simple ways, it's helping you measure how much profit the company will make compared to the amount of money that you put in. One of the ways that you can make sure that a company has a high return on capital is looking at where they're getting their cash from. So if you look at, let's say, a company like Uber, Uber brings in a lot of money, but they have a lot of debt. And by having a lot of debt means that when they make money, it's like, okay, cool. That money's not going to go to shareholders. That money's not going to go towards improving Uber. A lot of that money, a big chunk of it is going to go towards paying off the debt of Uber. It's like having a home, but you have a huge mortgage. Every time your income comes in, it doesn't go towards spending on the nice things in life. It goes towards paying off that house that you have to live in. Companies that don't have a lot of debt and therefore don't really need a lot of the income to get sort of pulled towards paying that off, have more cash, have more things to work with. And so they are more likely to have healthy returns. And that is what we like to see. It's really simple. It's like if I am going to invest time and energy into something, I want the most amount of money back that I can get from it. And that to me is a huge green flag. Because remember, we're investing for a lot of reasons, but one of them being, can I make more money from the money that I begin with? That's a perfect segue into my green flag, which is you can easily describe how they make money. You should be able to explain how the company that you're investing in makes profit in simple terms ideally in a few sentences. And learning about this is not that hard of a task. Publicly traded companies, they do adhere to a strict set of rules. So information on the company's balance sheets and other public filings through their website, they should be readily available to the public. You know, literally Google the company's name plus balance sheet or how X company makes profit and Everything that you need to know should come up. So, for example, if I take Apple and I'm typing in Apple balance sheet 2022, you've got your top three searches. One being from Apple's website with direct links to all the PDFs of the info that you're after. Two is Yahoo Finance and three is Wall Street Journal. All three websites that you can trust have the right info within them. And, you know, I know that we quote the Oracle of Omaha 
every chance that we get. And he's actually said, oh, Warren Buffett, if you didn't know, but one of his tips for new investors or young investors is don't invest in something that you don't understand. The important thing is to know what you know and know what you don't know. So green flag if you know how a company makes their profit. I feel like this is such good advice because if you think about what's happened in the last like two to three years where we've seen things come and go where everyone else is like, NFTs are the next best thing. The metaverse is the next best thing. Dogecoin is the next best thing. Like if we look at everything that's happened or like when Facebook turned into meta and was like, this is the future. A lot of people felt bullied or felt like unsure or felt probably like, yeah, just slightly peer pressured into being like, yeah, this makes sense. I'm going to buy this company's shares, but I don't really understand how it works or I don't really understand crypto, but I'm just going to buy it because it seems like the right thing. And the people that questioned it and said, I don't understand how this particular alternative cryptocurrency is going to make the world a better place. So I'm not going to invest in it. Those are the people that saved their money and did not lose out. I completely forgot about NFTs. Wow, news really died down on that front, didn't it? Well, it just goes to show like it was such a big thing and it was so like, whoa, this is crazy. Like this is where the world is heading. Where's your NFTs now? Yeah, no one talks about them. They're embarrassed. Where do you live on the metaverse? Are you still next to Snoop Dogg? (laughs) Bless. That was a great time though, I will say. Was it? In terms of enthusiasm from the youth. I sound <laughs> 90. Take that bit out. <laughs> no, keep it in because listen, I remember my cousin was like 10,000% returns aren't that much. And I was like, we're in a bubble. We are in a bubble. You were born after the year 2000. Why are you talking like this? I mean, they're 23 this year, are they not? They're grown ups now. Yeah. They're only like four years younger than us. <laughs> Absolute babies. I have to say that third green flag that we look for when it comes to companies when we're like "Hmm, should I buy this or not is this for me am I taking on a risk is what is the management doing to keep shareholders happy now management and companies you kind of forget this sometimes but they actually have a specific job I was reading a book by Indra Nuri she used to be the CEO of Pepsi, she was one of the first women of South Asian descent born in India to have led, you know, Fortune 500 company. And she spent a lot of time in her biography talking about all the things that were really important to her, her friends, her family, her parents. She was South Indian. It was like very beautiful to learn so much about her life. But there was a whole section where she was quite proud of how much Pepsi shares made for their shareholders. It was quite interesting to hear like from the mind of a CEO, how much of the work that they do goes into, well, the shareholders were really happy or we gave them 20% returns every year for like my reign of being CEO. And so that's like a badge of honor that they wear. Are we making money for our shareholders? Are they happy? Companies only care about two people, their customers and their shareholders. And so If you are looking for a company, you want to make sure that they are in the habit of returning a lot of cash to their owners. So this could either be a very healthy dividend plan where they're giving a lot of cash back. Often these are companies like Pepsi, like Cola, 
companies like health insurance or banks, they're more stable and they can give dividends. But if they're a growth company, let's say like the next version of Zoom or the next Tesla, they don't have a lot of cash to give as dividends. So they're going to try and make you happy by growing the capital gains of their shares. So basically, you want to invest in companies who have your best interest in heart. How do you know a company's doing that? Well, to me, green flags that show me that they're working to keep you happy are things like share buybacks. So when a company says, hey, there's a lot of shares out there, we're going to buy some of the shares. We're going to take out shares. There's going to be less shares available. That's going to bring your share value up. So you're going to have more. That's a really good sign. Companies that respond really well to bad PR, bad press. Let's say they have something terrible happen that's outside of their control. Are they a company that is going to be at the forefront of addressing the problem, making sure that the general public aren't worried, or are they a company that's going to shy away and ignore things? Are they a company, if there's a cyclone and their warehouse workers were not told to you know, go home and instead to keep working, were they a company that responded well to that and said, you know what, we've messed up and we're going to put things in place to make sure that doesn't happen again? Or are they a company that goes, that doesn't really matter? That's the kind of company I don't want to be investing in. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of a card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. There's a lot of companies and leaders that double down on their mistakes. And it's like the worst thing that you can do because acknowledging that you've made a mistake and just saying this is what we'll do that to rectify the mistake, but then also to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future that's not asking for much. Like the bar is literally underground, you know, in hell, if these are the standards that we're expecting <laughs> from companies and people. Huge green flag, even though it should be the bare minimum. But that's neither here or there. The bar is in hell. It is so embarrassing. But do you have an example of a company that you think has not been working to keep shareholders happy? Twitter's a great example. People aren't happy with Elon Musk. I think Elon Musk in general, like every public company he owns. I mean, I guess Twitter's private now, but like Tesla is a great example, in my opinion, of a company that doesn't really care about its shareholders right now. I love it when there's like problems with someone's Tesla and they like at him on Twitter with like a photo as if Elon Musk <laughs> is going to reply. 
does he reply on Twitter? Maybe he does. I don't know. But he's like, hey, this is something's wrong with my charging port, Mr. Musk. Like, can you please have a look at it? Go call customer service. Like, that is the equivalent of being like, my Apple watch is like not charging. Tim Cook, can you help? <laughs> like, why does Elon Musk seem more accessible than Tim Cook? Calls into wedding times really long. If you can go directly to the CEO and try to get attention that way, why not? One of the last green flags that we'll talk about is when a company's products and services are competitive. What I mean by that is a lot of the times when we're talking about, when we're looking at our investment strategy, you know, what we want to invest in, we're looking at that company's future and we're looking at you know, will this product even be relevant in two years, three years, five years, 10 years? Will this service be necessary in five years or 10 years? If yes, great. Let's hope that that product or service is competitive because brand loyalty to companies is so important. Brand loyalty is when you put out a next product as a business, you already have the trust of, you know, people and your customers. People are willing to pay more just because a certain brand makes the product. I know I've used the Apple analogy and it's like, Sonia, get a new example. But I think it's relevant because a lot of the products that Apple put out, I'm not saying that they're not good, but there's already a lot of other brands that have put out products that Apple is just putting out. And sometimes they're a little bit better. Sometimes they don't have like the issue of only lasting like a year or waiting for updates and all of those things. People know that, you know, do people care? Evidently not because they're still reaching for Apple. Like some people still care, sure, but it makes more sense for businesses to increase brand loyalty and to earn the trust of its people rather than constantly trying to acquire new customers, if that makes sense. And actually, when companies have brand loyalty, there's this thing called the feedback effect where the company grows larger, they become better at scaling, they produce more, they bring in greater profits, and then they have more surplus cash flow, more money. And all of that either goes back to investors, but it usually goes to more marketing, innovation, improvement to products, like hiring more people to fix, you know, if there's any bugs or any problems with their products or services that they have now, like it's a good thing. So yeah, just checking that a company's products and services are competitive. So what I want to do now is try and use like a real life example of a company and go through this with you. I am going to use Alphabet or Google as an example. Again, this does not mean go out and buy Google shares. It just means like here's something that we all know quite well and we can use this to go, does this have the green flag? So Alphabet, Google, does it have a high return on capital? So the ROC of a good company is 20% or more. What I'm going to do is I'm going to type in Alphabet return on capital and it's going to find me some websites that have this information. Sometimes Yahoo Finance does this and it's showing that it's 27.36%. So that's fantastic. It has a high return on capital. The amount I am putting in for every $100, I would hope that Google is looking at getting $27 back. Fantastic. We're very happy. Then the next question is, can you describe how they make money? And 
I think old me when I was younger didn't actually understand. I thought Google was like a nonprofit for so many years of my life when I was like a teenager. <laughs> and then they kept coming out with products and I was like, wait, people are employed here? There's so many service fees associated with Google. For example, my Google feeds have gone up to $4.99 from $4.29 per month for storage like Google Drive storage, Google Photos storage, you know. So they have like a lot of services and like Play Store and like they do a lot of things. Yeah, so for myself, I'd go, how does Google make money? And then I realized the biggest way that they make money is from advertisers to when you search up like white kitchen blender, there'll be the ones that show up organically and then there'll be companies that sell white kitchen blenders that have paid to be up at the very top. And so that's how they make money. And as Sonia said, there's actually so many more avenues that Google can generate revenue. And Google also owns YouTube, all the YouTube ad revenue that they get. Like, goodness, if you thought Jake Paul had cash, imagine the company that like he hosts his platform on. YouTubers have come out and been like they would have not posted for like a year, two years, three years, but they still make bank from their Google AdSense revenue. And that's just them individually getting paid. Imagine Google's cut. (laughs) It's insane. And then you have to look at does management work to keep shareholders happy? And we can look and see that very recently Google did have a share buyback. They also had a stock split and a stock split It doesn't actually put more money into the hands of people, but what it's doing is it's encouraging people to go, oh, Google shares look cheaper. They're not actually cheaper. I'm going to go buy it. And historically, stock splits result in share prices increasing. So they're doing things actively to make sure that we are seeing rises in our Google share investments. And then the last one is its products and services competitive. This is actually an interesting one because this is a point of contention. You could say that Google was competitive. It used to be the search engine that you would use, but now we're starting to see people go on to TikTok to search up things. I mean, I was at the gym the other – I'm going to stop. I need to really watch how often I mention the gym. I've only been like for two weeks and I act like I'm a full-on gym girly, but – I would go to the gym and I would see... You are. Lean into it. Lean into it. I went in and when I would see a machine that I didn't understand, rather than Googling it, I would just type it into TikTok so I could quickly watch like a 10-second video of how people do it. And that was a lot more helpful than what I used to do, which would be like Google images and just seeing like an image of someone, like a diagram of like how to do it. And I was like, wow, I'm now searching or using TikTok as like my main function I know that Sonia like uses it for like restaurants or like places to eat or recipes so I don't know if Google's products and services are as competitive as it used to be so you could say well this has three out of four green flags and now you've got a better idea of if you should invest in this company or not. To that point I think a lot of people go back to Google and also with this TikTok debacle in the US people are like (laughs) every time someone uploads and they're from America which is obviously the feed that I have now, they're always like, guys, if TikTok goes under, follow me on Instagram, follow me on YouTube. So Google's not going anywhere. You got to weigh your risks. Google sits and watches the like TikTok grilling of the CEO. Like people watch the Super Bowl. They're just like waiting anxiously, like, please ban it. Let us be back. Like put us back on the top. Oh my gosh. I do like the TikTok CEO though. He's a little cutie. All the fan edits from his trial. (laughs) He's fantastic. 
Gen Z, it's truly a different world that we live in. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. He gets so much racism thrown at him. And not to say it's okay, but like people be like, he's Chinese, he's from the Chinese government, he's a spy. That man is Singaporean. Like there's just so much misinformation. But anyway, I digress. We could probably do a whole episode on, I think we probably have actually, on why this has been an issue. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and found a few green flags to help you make some better decisions when it comes to choosing individual companies. Things like looking for a high return on capital. Can you understand and describe to someone else how they make money if you can't explain it to like a family member or a friend that does not invest it's probably not a good investment understanding how their management works and do they try and keep shareholders happy and making sure that their products and services are competitive are going to be really good starting points to help you decipher if you've got a winning stock or if maybe you should let it go tell them you know it's not them it's you just move on and keep going What just happened? Like, (laughs) I just don't even know. The past 30 minutes, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Until next week, Sonia. Until next week, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.